This week on Worldview, Russia is rocked by a short-lived rebellion as the Wagner Group chief goes rogue. How does India see the fallout from this failed mutiny? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sahasini Heather. We're talking this week about the dramatic week in Russia with a near coup against Russia's top military leadership, which was contained. But what's clear is that the failed mutiny by the Wagner Group, as it's called, the Wagner Group's militia chief, had reverberations around the world. Not the least in Moscow, where Russian President Vladimir Putin said publicly, this was a stab in the back. Listen in. Alright, so let's just unpack and tell you what happened over the week. On June 23rd, Yevgeny Prigozhin, the leader of a Russian military militia group that it's called, the Wagner Group as it's called, fighting alongside Russian troops in Ukraine, actually put out a bunch of statements. This is over the Telegram channel saying in that video statement that he was launching a rebellion against Russia's defense uh, leadership. They specifically mentioned Defense Minister Shaigu, Sergei Shaigu, and Army Chief General Karasimov. After his men, the Wagner Group men, were killed in Russian strikes. And the preamble to this, of course, was that the Russian army had put out an ultimatum that this militia must now sign contracts with the Russian army by July the 1st and kind of fold in. The next night, on June 24th, actually very early that morning, Wagner forces took over the Russian city of Rostov-on-Don, uh, the military command center for the Ukraine war, and videos then emerge of a 70-vehicle convoy heading towards Moscow. In a statement put out, Putin called it an armed mutiny that came, he said, as Russia was in a tough struggle for its future. The Russian army then mobilized for the unthinkable, an assault on the Russian capital and the Kremlin. Within hours, however, the turnaround came. Progozin said that he had told his soldiers to stop and turn back just 200 kilometers outside of Moscow. He said he didn't want to cause bloodshed and had no intention of toppling President Putin. Belarus President Alexander Lukashenko, who Putin spoke to, became the surprise player here. He announced that he had mediated the truce under which Prigozhin and some of his men would get safe passage and shelter in Belarus. Those soldiers who remained in Russia from the Wagner Group had the choice of signing contracts and folding in, as I said, with the Russian army, or of leaving the war entirely. In fact, the Kremlin saying they can just go home. So before we unpack all that the 14-hour rebellion that wasn't means for the world, let's tell you a little bit about the Wagner Group and Prigozhin in particular. Yevgeny Prigozhin served uh, a time in Russian jail on robbery charges in the 1990s. After his release, he set up a restaurant in St. Petersburg that Putin would frequent. Uh, the friendship grew as Putin moved up the power chain and eventually Prigozhin became what's called the Kremlin's caterer or even called Putin's chef because he used to get the contracts from the Kremlin. Prigozhin had other talents as well and soon he became the go-to guy or the go-to man for many of, uh, of the Russian establishment's operations, including just take a look at this list. One, running internet influence operations or what are called troll farms uh, that got involved in the Russian internet and internationally providing uh, private security forces on various conflicts in Africa and West Asia, from Libya, Syria, Mali, Central Asian, uh, Central African Republic, Burkina Faso, 
and Sudan. In fact, um, the Wagner Group has considerable gold and oil assets in these countries as well. Vygotsin and the Wagner Group, set up in 2014, helped the Russian army in the Donbas region before the annexation of Crimea. And now again with Russia's war in Ukraine. During Russian, the Ukraine war, the Wagner Group has notched up many wins, including the recent wresting of Bakhmut from Ukrainian forces that played out on international screen. And the US has designated them as a transnational criminal group. They're banned or sanctioned in many countries in the West. The Wagner Group is also believed, but believed, to have had links with the separatist Donbass groups responsible for shooting down a Malaysian Airways flight, remember MH17, killing about 300 on board in 2014. That trial uh, has just ended. Although that link has not yet been proven, let's remember also that Ukraine too has militias that work for it, uh, like the far-right Azov army. So this is really a prevailing problem in, in that region. Now, in 2021, uh, the US FBI actually put Prigozhin on its most wanted list for tampering and obstructing uh, the 2016 elections in the US in which Donald Trump was elected president. Remember, Russia was accused of somehow trying to change the outcome uh, against Hillary Clinton. Given all the allegations against him and obviously his importance to Russia, what does Prigozhin's mutiny and now his surrender mean for Putin and the Russian war in Ukraine? Uh, first, the open rebellion last week has probably been the most serious challenge to Putin's authority. And given that he, the two men were so close, his actions of Prigozhin's makes Putin look weak. Secondly, by targeting the defense leadership of Shoigu and Gerasimov, the mutiny could have actually caused some kind of a rift within the Russian army. It may also have an impact on the war in Ukraine if Wagner's 25,000 soldiers leave just as Zelensky's spring offensive gets underway. The takeover of Rostov, a garrison town that hosts the Russian-Ukraine military command uh, without any bloodshed. You remember, they just took over at about one in the morning and they were able to uh, get through the whole town. This implies that the Wagner group does have popularity within Russia. And we've seen some of those pictures of Prigozhin with people. Uh, Prigozhin's now, his presence in Belarus could then mean that he continues to retain some kind of command over his men from his position in the neighboring country. But it is all still mysterious on why he received a pardon, a pardon from Putin, who is not really known to brook any kind of disloyalty. So is there a deal behind the deal? A uh, lot still needs to be known. While most don't think that Prigozhin has any political ambitions for himself, his anti-elitist rants, and remember he makes a big point about being hyper-nationalist for Russia, anti-elitist, uh, again, uh, against the higher echelons in the Kremlin in particular, may lead to some kind of a populist movement. On the other hand, these may actually strengthen Putin, who does not, uh, who he does not name, nor does he wish to overthrow, as Putin also pits himself against the elites. For the international community, here's the problem. While Putin has been painted the villain, an unknown entity like Prigozhin could even be worse. By removing Wagner from the front lines and folding forces into the Russian army, it's possible that Putin just wished to maintain credibility and his deniability from any war crimes that were committed by the Wagner group in Ukraine, particularly as the world begins to put more and more pressure for both sides to go to talks. The outcomes remain mixed. In fact, listen to how Ukrainian President 
Zelensky and U.S. President Biden saw the Russian revolt. While Biden said, and please excuse his the blooper there, he mistook Ukraine for Iraq, uh, but he said that the mutiny had weakened the Russian president. Zelensky said, this is the time for the West to come and arm the Ukrainian army properly and to give it all the kind of weapon systems it has been withholding. Now is the time to provide all the weapons necessary for defense. Finally, let's see how India should see the fallout of the last week's events. And like everything else, it is complex. To begin with, Prime Minister Modi, who is just back from that visit with the US, has made it clear India is not shifting its position on Russia. Note that the India-US joint statement does not actually mention Russia, even though it speaks about the war in Ukraine. And within days of returning from Washington, Prime Minister Modi dialed President Putin and discussed his visit to the US and was briefed about the mutiny and the situation in Ukraine. Secondly, Prime Minister Modi retains a close relationship with President Putin himself, and he's going to host him this week for the SEO virtual summit on Tuesday, meet with Putin if he makes it to South Africa in August for the BRICS summit, and host Putin in Delhi for the G20 summit in September. Remember that while Prime Minister Modi did meet President Zelensky in Hiroshima in May, New Delhi has not so far invited Zelensky to address the G20 as Indonesia did last year and the Ukrainian government has requested for this year. Thirdly, events in Russia might mean that Putin is unable to travel to Delhi for the G20. Whether he does or doesn't, it's going to become difficult because if, if he does show up, it may become harder for the government to forge G20 unity with all the Western leaders right there also becomes difficult to have a joint communique for the summit, and that has become a bit of a prestige point for India. Uh, so it's, it remains to be seen whether Mr. Putin will come or not, and what the outcomes of those will be. Speaking about the government's foreign policy this week in Delhi, External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar made it clear, though, that the Russia relationship is unique. Relationship with Russia. Uh, this relationship has been held steady, kept steady, despite all the turbulence in the world. So it's, it is actually for us a very unique relationship, I think in some ways for the Russians also. Uh, and in this period, uh, for all the uh, pressures on us, uh, I think we have taken, made our own evaluation of the importance of this relationship. And I do want to say that, the, you know, sometimes this relationship is dumbed down to things like, oh, we are dependent on them for arms. I think it's far more complex than that. Uh, there is a geopolitical logic for what uh, uh, we are doing, what we have uh, uh, been doing with Russia. In fact, India-Russia tra trade ties have really tripled this year as oil imports from Russia have risen 50 times from about 40,000 barrels per day in 2022, December, to million barrels per day this summer, even though issues over the payment still remain. India is high on the Russian radar as well, as the Kremlin reached out this week to leaders in partner and allied countries. From Belarus to Central Asia, Gulf to Iran, Russian Secretary of State uh, of the State Council, Patrushev, Nikolai Patrushev, also briefed NSA Ajit Dover about all the developments. And at a speech in Moscow, President Putin actually praised Prime Minister Modi. He spoke about the Make in India program, and he called Prime Minister Modi a great friend of Russia. 
So what's worldview's take on all of this? Until more is known on just what transpired in the trilateral deal between President Putin, President Lukashenko and Prigozhin, it may be premature to pronounce what the mutiny's lasting impact will be. President Putin has, remember, come through many challenges to his leadership, even as he continues to wage war in Ukraine and faces the full force of the Western world opposed to that. For New Delhi, that has reaffirmed its ties with Moscow at every stage, the situation bears close scrutiny. Any problems for the Russian military and its supplies will mean further delays for Indian imports of Russian military hardware, spares and system as well. So that is definitely one of the big concerns. Let's get you some reading recommendations now. And I have got you some new books on Russia, but with the usual rider I always put out when we talk about such issues, that English language books tend not to have writers that are favorably inclined towards Putin and Russia. Many of them have actually uh, been expelled from Russia uh, or have fled from Russia. Uh, but take a look at this, this list of books. The Silent Army, Inside the Covert Operations of the Wagner Group, in Ukraine. Now, this is part of a set of four books on the Wagner Group. Read the Kindle edition. It's a little easier by Marion Mildredson. Um, but of course, it came out in May 2023. So just one month before all of this happened. The second book, short book, called Shadow Warriors, the Wagner Group, the most secret private military company. I read it online as well by Sahil Gosalia. Uh, the third, Foreign Fighters in Ukraine. This is the Routledge academic version. It's called the Brown Red Cocktail, talking about uh, fascism and the Far Right in particular by Kaspar Rekovec. Then this book, very interesting and I'm surprised I haven't spoken about it uh, before because I wasn't able to read through the whole. Um, the, the, this book is called First Person, an astonishingly frank self-portrait by Russia's President Vladimir Putin. Now he was interviewed and they say as much as 24 hours of interviews with Putin way back in the year 2000. Uh, by three journalists, uh, Natalia Gevorkin, uh, Natalia Timakova, and Andrei Kolesnikov. Uh, and they really reveal some part of Putin. Obviously, he keeps many a secret. Then there's Putin's People, the story of Russia's history and politics by Catherine Belton. Uh, Putin's World, Russia against the West and with the rest by Angela Stent. Putin's Wars, from Chechnya to Ukraine. This is by Mark Galliotti. And remember, uh, we do have an interview with Mark at, at the Hindu's website. Uh, another interesting book called The Invention of Russia. It's an award-winning book, uh, The Journey from Gorbachev's Freedom to Putin's War. So it really looks at the whole expanse by Arkady Ostrovsky. Uh, he's in the UK. Uh, then a bunch of books on Putin, the strongman, with, along with other strongmen of the time. Strongman Trump, Modi, Erdogan, Duterte and Putin, edited by Vijay Prashad, different writers there. Another book called Strongmen, How They Rise, Why They Succeed, and How They Fall by Ruth Ben-Ghiat. Uh, and finally, a book that isn't out yet, but I am looking forward to it, along with some of the others that will come now. Uh, it's called Getting Russia Right. It's out in November this year by Thomas Graham. So lots to read and lots to keep up with, and we'll do all that for you here on Worldview. Please do remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as to the Hindu's website, www.thehindu.com. From the team at Worldview, thanks for watching.